Thank you for joining us and for listening to our podcasts. We hope that this may enrich your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's consider for a moment what Jesus said in Matthew 24 about what will happen in the end. This will happen. He said in Matthew 24, 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So this is something that has to occur just before the end and the second coming. The gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world. People say, well, that's happened already. Wait a minute. There is a difference between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. And I'll show you the difference in a moment. But even the gospel of salvation, which is glorious, has not been preached in all the world. There are more than a billion people on the planet that have not even heard the name Jesus. They have no idea who Jesus is. So the gospel of salvation hasn't even been preached in all the world. But the New Testament, the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, revealed to us what the gospel of the kingdom is. In Matthew 4, 23 and 24, the Lord came and preached and said, The kingdom of God is at hand. It has is drawn near to you. And it, it says in Matthew 4, 23, 24, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers, diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic crazy people, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. He also raised the dead. That is the gospel of the kingdom, kingdom authority. Can you imagine if that is preached in the entire world, the entire world will know who is the king of kings who has authority and you know and I know I mean there are thousands of people who are Christians and in the church and they're sick and some of them are dying from all sorts of diseases isn't that true wouldn't it be wonderful to be set free and have health is there anyone here that would like a touch in their body only 10 people. You're not asking God for a touch in your body? How many want to ask God, Lord, he, here I am. I need a touch in my body. He, what, he's seeing.
when the gospel of the kingdom is preached and there's a line of a hundred people who are sick like today in now in in the church world today hundred people line up to receive prayer for their healing maybe one or two get touched and are healed you know what burdens me and has for many years is the 99 or 98 that are not touched they go back to their seat without the healing touch of the Lord that's not going to happen when the gospel of the kingdom is being preached as Jesus is shown over and over everyone was healed everyone was delivered from demons every lunatic was given a right mind amen there will be no doubt about who is the king of kings and the lord of glory and the authority over the planet amen there will never be any doubt it's for a witness for a witness and it will give the whole world irrefutable proof about who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is amen a question how could the Lord come and judge the world right now when the world doesn't have a clue about who he is and the world you know the people that have heard about Jesus there are millions of them that have a heart to know God but they look at the church utterly dead lifeless and the Lord says you have a name that you live but you are dead he says to the church anyone identify with that Lord have mercy on us millions are out there and they're called by the Lord the lost sheep of the house of Israel he knows these people he knows their heart but where are they going to meet the Lord in what church and if you lead them to the Lord where are you going to send them to be fed the worshipers of Baal people that don't know the Lord and they say they're Christians but they're far from knowing his presence where are they going to be fed you know it in one one sense it's God's mercy they have not been brought to Jesus yet but they will be they will be and oh they are going to put the evangelical world that exists today to shame when the Mary Magdalene's come into the kingdom and are delivered and touched by God and fall in love with Jesus they're gonna put us to shame amen their commitment their love for him 
their desire to run after him, to seek him, they're going to put the lukewarm Christians to shame. But I want to be part of those who lead many to him, to the feet of Jesus, don't you? Be used in that glorious time of revival. Well, we know how long that will last. It's shown in Revelation chapter 11. The Lord has two witnesses. And I'll show you from the Bible what these two witnesses are, who they are. But he has two witnesses that minister for 1260 days. Okay? That's what it says. They minister for 1260 days. That's three and a half years, basically. Three and a half years is the only time mentioned in Revelation. The only period of time mentioned in Revelation, except five months in the, one of the plagues, but as far as years, the only period is three and a half years, over and over. The Lord did not seal. He says clearly, the book is not, Revelation is not sealed. He wants us to understand it. But we can't understand the end if we don't understand the beginning. The Lord spoke to me years ago and said, I put the book of Revelation as the last book in the Bible for a reason. Because the measure to which you understand the first 65 books is the measure to which you will understand the last book. Because it's nothing new. Revelation is nothing new. I've been speaking it since Genesis, revealing it. And imagine this now. We've all believed, I believed for years in my early years, that there'd be seven years in the end. Okay, the Lord says this book is not sealed, it's not hidden. He uses the number seven in Revelation over 50 times. And he never once ever mentions a period of seven years. Does that say something? Never does he mention seven years. If he's trying to make the message clear and there's going to be seven years in the end, with that use, that number of uses of the number seven over 50, you would think he would at least mention seven years once or twice. Not once. It's always three and a half, three and a half, three and a half, 1260 days, 42 months. Because that's the only period in the end that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached and it's exactly the period how the early church began the first coming I should say the first coming began with Jesus teaching preaching and revealing the gospel of the kingdom for three and a half years and then he says it's going to be revealed again in the end and there it is three and a half years over in Revelation but Who's going to be used in those years? Hebrews 10, chapter 10, 12 through 13 in the New King James says, But this man, 
Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Imagine, this is graphic, isn't it? This is really graphic. I wish I had a chair, but I don't. I would demonstrate. He goes back to heaven. He sits down on the right hand of the Father. And he's waiting for something. He's not waiting to get up and rapturous. He's waiting until all his enemies are put under his feet. He can't, there won't be a rapture with Jesus seated. And there won't be a rapture until all of his enemies are put under his feet. And who is going to do that? Before Jesus went back to heaven, he said to his church, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And so basically what he is saying is, I'm waiting till you use it. I'm waiting till you use it, until you use it. It's the church that is going to put all of his enemies under his feet. By revealing the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom power and authority is going to conquer all the wicked ones. This is nothing new. It's how God's plan began with Moses. He defeated and crushed totally the greatest empire on earth. When he was done, there wasn't a harvest left, there weren't trees left, very few and there, were, there was no king, no pharaoh, and there was no army. They all drowned in the Red Sea. How many of you heard that it was really just the Reed Sea? Some of you have heard that? No? Well, if it was the Reed Sea, then God did a great miracle in drowning the entire army of the Egyptians in, uh, among reeds. <laughs> they have now discovered where it was for sure because they found the chariot, some chariot wheels in the Red Sea in the, re, not in the, in the Red Sea and it's in an area that, where the water is 500 feet deep it's a shallow place in the Red Sea but just 500 feet deep it was quite a wall of water, 50 stories high. It was a miracle. Don't let anyone try to, or, or don't listen to anyone who's trying to minimize the miracles of God. He's the Almighty. Romans 8:19 tells us who's going to do this. Who's going to reveal the kingdom for 1260 days? How many of you know what it means when you say the number value of a word? 
How many? Nobody? What, three or four? We need more seminars. <laughs> Both Greek and Hebrew used their letters as numbers, as the Romans did, Roman numerals. Well, to this day, Israel uses the Hebrew letters as numbers. And in Greece, they do the same thing. The biblical letters are numbers also. Okay, you understand? I studied Hebrew some, learned to read it, maybe didn't understand. I didn't understand it, but I could read it. I, I knew how to pronounce the words. But I never mastered the letters and the numbers. That was a real problem because if they give you a date, you know, March, the three is a letter. 26, 26 are letters. 19, or tw when in those days it was 1995, for example, all letters. I didn't know any of the letters and numbers. <laughs> so I was stuck. I couldn't read dates. But every word is made up of letters that are actually numbers. That's why Mohammed, yeah, I was going to say it in Spanish. Mohammed, his name in biblical Greek is 666. It's not pretend, it's not twisting anything there. Just add up all the letters, the numbers that the letters are, 666. That's why they say it's a, the most holy number in the universe. So that is what the word, the, the concept of the number value of the words mean. You just add the letters, and that's the number value. The name of Jesus in Greek, just by chance, not 666, but 888. And 8 is a symbol the Bible shows us of new life. New life. His number is 888. Let's read uh, chapter 8 of Romans, and then verse 19. I'm going to read it in the NIV again. NIV, 819 of Romans. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. The word revealed here in the Greek is literally apocalypse. The apocalypse. The creation is waiting for the apocalypse of the weos, which in the Greek is the mature, biblical Greek, the mature sons of God. And guess what the number value of the mature sons of God is? Just by coincidence. 1260. The exact amount of days that the Two witnesses are going to minister. Just by, that's an accident. Well, just doesn't mean a thing, does it? 
Every jot and tittle of God's word means a lot and will be fulfilled. The mature sons of God are the 1260 of God. The creation is eagerly waiting for the apocalypse of the 1260 of God. It's going to be wonderful. Wonderful. And in Romans 8.29, for whom he did foreknow, this is the same chapter, just ten verses later, those that he foreknew, he also did predestinate, not to heaven and hell, predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Paul's explaining who those sons are. The sons are those who have been conformed to the image of Christ so that he will be the firstborn among many brethren. To what extent will the ones who follow wholly after the Lord be conformed to his image and likeness? Paul explains a prayer of the Spirit. In Ephesians 3.19, he prayed that ye might, and it was obviously from the Holy Spirit, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you imagine that? Are we awake? That's, that verse to me, is one of the most amazing verses in the entire Bible. Filled, that's all the way up, with all, not some, all, the fullness, not a few drops, not just certain areas, all the fullness of God. Who's going to preach the gospel of the kingdom? The Lord himself. Living in and through. Mature sons. He's going to do the same miracles, only greater. He's going to teach the same truths. He's going to give us the same lessons. It'll be through human beings that he is totally controlling. The sons of God, the 1260 of God, will do absolutely nothing on their own. They will reveal absolutely no flesh or carnal ways, worldly ways, nothing. They're not going to fail because the Lord is controlling every move, every word, every action. It's going to be the Lord himself through a mighty army, armies of people, obviously to preach the gospel of the kingdom throughout all the nations of the world, you're going to have to have some armies, true? Not just one or two people. And we're going to see that that's what he's going to have. What a, what a plan. What a plan. We already know how these sons will be. 
we have Jesus to show us. He's the firstborn. But not, a, not only that, we have Paul. If it weren't for Paul, people would, could easily say, well, that was Jesus, but that's not us. We can never be like him. Only a little bit, maybe. All the, with all the fullness of God? Filled with all the fullness of God? That's not just a little bit. So, that's Jesus, but we can't be ever, ever be like Jesus. Do you think Paul was like Jesus? How many of you think that the Apostle Paul was like Jesus? Well, we got a little more reaction. <laughs> Thanks for cooperating, <laughs> participating. Paul was like Jesus. In fact, he said the Lord, he died. He said, no. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I. He, he said, I'm not living. It's Jesus Christ living in and through me. And he told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen Christ. Check it out. He makes that clear. Because he was, it was Christ in him, the hope of glory. It was Christ in Paul that was revealing the glory. And doing all the miracles. And reached the entire area of Asia in two years. Because of the authority of the gospel of the kingdom through Paul. But Paul gave us a little hint. In the Greek he said, I was born prematurely. The Lord allowed him to become a mature wheel, son of God, prematurely. That's an end time event. You understand? The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for witness, and then shall the end come. But Paul was born before it was time, because we need the example, and he said, by the Spirit, that he was an example for everyone who would come after, including the mature sons of God. But we, the Lord chose to give us that example. He did the same thing in the Old Testament. He chose to give the church in the New Testament an example. Who was he? David, the man after God's own heart that built the dwelling place that God loves the most, his tabernacle. Amen? Revelation chapter 2, 26-27 shows us who will reveal the kingdom to the nations, the authority of God to the nations, and not only to destroy or judge, but also to bless. Chapter 2, 26 says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. That power over the Oh, that's kingdom talk, isn't it? Power over the nations, power over the enemies. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. I used to think, yeah, that he's going to come and just smash everyone that doesn't agree. 
it depends on what our hearts are like. If our heart wants God, that rod of iron is going to break our heart and cause us to cry out to God and seek him like we have never even imagined. If it's a person whose heart is hard and he's rebellious, it's going to be a crash that will destroy him. And that's why Paul said his word was life to some and death to others. That's the gospel of the kingdom and its authority and power. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. It's going to be like the days of Moses. Every enemy will be put under his feet. I had this mental vision, and I can't say it came from the Lord. I think it did, but we'll see. This glorious visitation in some nations will be so mighty that the sons of God will go to the government. You know, like Moses went to Pharaoh and said, you're going to do this or else. The sons of God will go to the government and say, "Uh, no need to have elections anymore. You're out, and we have the vast multitude of this nation walking with Jesus, and they want him to be the king. So you guys are out. Please disoccupy the palace and the White House. (laughs) That's going to happen. But I'm not sure exactly that they're going to say no more elections. They might. That's what I I felt was going to happen. But whatever. They might not be so kind to say, we're canceling the elections. They might say, well, we're canceling you. <laughs> but all the, every enemy will be put under his feet through the authority and power of the gospel of the kingdom. It's exactly what Moses was used by the Lord to do. This time it'll be armies. In Revelation 11, speaking of the two witnesses, it says, If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. Mm, That's pretty serious. Uh, Please uh, do what I'm telling you to do. Because woe is you if you don't. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues, just like Moses did. This is a repeat of Moses, to bring down the enemies as often as they will. This is the authority of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. I think you need a break. Some of you aren't even able to raise your hand. (laughs) you're so weak (laughs) so we'll take a 45 minute rest and um, we have a lot of uh, exciting things to see in the word of God that will absolutely for those who have a heart for God it will stir up a new love and appreciation for the Lord for his calling for what he wants to do in you 
and in his people. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hebron Ministries Podcasts. Christ in us is the hope of glory. We hope that Christ may be glorified in the church. If you would like to know more about Hebron Ministries International, please visit us at www.hebronministries.com. Thank you.